Here we are. Welcome to the bonus episode of Hit Different with Sos the Bose, Courtney the Barnett. God, I love this because this is where we get to ask you music that hit different for you over different times of your life. And it's it's a chat. What's the first song you remember really moving you when you were a wee girl? Oh, that's such a great question. I was just saying this morning that the first things I listened to really as a kid that I remember listening to with my big brother was like Jimi Hendrix and Nirvana and they were my main my main uh on repeat albums that's cool two lefty guitarists as well you're a lefty yourself did something click in you when you when you saw them (laughs) that is when I became (laughs) left-handed yes exactly (laughs) prior to (laughs) previously on Buffy when did you pick up a guitar I think Officially around 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And how did you procure one? Well, before then, I feel like I had constantly kind of borrowed, like we had a few family friends who had guitars and I was like that annoying kid who like uh, like asked if I could borrow it or we'd go around for a family dinner and I'd just sit in the other room trying to play this guitar that I could not play, but I would, you know, was holding it and strumming it. Um, But I think the first guitar I had, it was a... um, like a kind of um, family friend had it sitting in their garage and they lent it to me. At, at what stage did you start sort of getting lessons or was it a case of you just wanted to sort of tinker around with it and, and make your own racket? I got a couple of quick lessons from like my brother and his friends because they all played music and then I started getting like proper guitar lessons. I just I just bugged my parents until... <laughs> They're like, fine, fine, we'll get you the damn lesson. <laughs> and, I mean, I've I've tried it very briefly to play guitar and I just got jack of it. I had, I had zero patience with it. Did, that must say something about you as a person, like, no, I'm, I'm going to, like, stick stick to this thing. Did you ever kind of go, I'm over it, or was it always something that, yeah, you just sort of kept calling you back? I think it kept calling me back. I was I was pretty obsessed. Yeah, it definitely felt it felt like my my thing. The Jimi Hendrix song at the moment that I'm cranking is Crosstown Traffic because I heard it played in a DJ set recently. And like the balls, uh, you know, the chutzpah to put that in, in the middle of a DJ set, like a techno. And I've always <laughs> loved that track. What's the the, 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 Jimmy, the Jimmy songs that come to mind uh, when you were growing up that really were like, oh, this is a jam? Well, the, the first one I learned to play was Purple Haze, Foxy Lady, I guess. Um Manic Depression's favourite. You know, having Nirvana and Jimmy as like those really early memories and I guess early exposures to pop, you know, popular music at that time. Um, talk about two completely different flavours, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but I guess I always had so much different like and then I had my kind of my dad, like dad just listened to jazz and like Miles mm. Davis and stuff, and I loved that as well. Like yeah. Ella Fitzgerald, and um, I just kind of, I guess you'd like what you like, and then you kind of fuse it all, mash it all yeah. together, and whatever you make comes out of that. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. What's a sort of early um, jazz memory you can tell us quite a bit, whether your dad's like put these Dolby headphones on and where you were and the sun coming in and... Set the scene. <laughs> I just have this memory of like we must have got, um, I think the first CD player, like like the first the CD world. player of of the oh, family <laughs> of the world <laughs> in existence. Yeah, yeah. When we got our first um, household CD player, and um, 
um, and dad started buying. I feel like he had this Dave Brubeck record. He just put like mm-hmm. every Sunday he'd put it, he'd blast it. And, um, <laughs> and it's just this really funny memory of like, yeah, like Sydney, sunny Sydney, Sunday morning, very, very loud music blasting th- through the kind of little valley thing that I, that we lived in. Yeah. That's a really nice memory, I think. Yeah. And he, and my dad's a bit of a kind of closet, closet drummer. So he, he was, he was always, always air drumming along love jazz, that. jazz air drumming. I love it. Very animated. The most difficult one. <laughs> um, so after sort of, yeah, Brubeck, uh, uh, you know, Kurt and Jimmy, tell us what's the next thing that really grabs you and, and sort of opens you to another, another flavor of music. I mean, definitely, you know, then in my twenties, I discovered like peaches and mm. the breeders and um at some point you know further down the line like neil young nina simone nick cave and then just in the in the last couple of years like arthur russell brian eno i find it like it's a real joy for me discovering new music and i think i used to be you know a little bit ashamed that i didn't know something when i should have known it or didn't know the classic album, but I think it's there's something really special about just discovering those things in in totally. the, you know the time that the time it takes you or however it comes to you. There's something yeah. something nice about that. Things take time. Take time. We'll be out very soon. <laughs> All good record stores and streaming services. Uh, I know you used to jog to Peaches. Like I spoke to you a few years ago, and, and your Peaches was the thing you were you were you were doing. Back when you used to love jogging <laughs> and running <laughs> and working out. Uh, yeah. I, have you ever hung with Meryl Niska? Yeah. Actually, she came to my a Berlin show. Yeah. She's so cool. I like her. Great human. Um, very, yeah. Mm. Very briefly, she came. Um, I think she'd been in the studio or something, and then she came to, to say hi. And um, But, yeah. And then it was that thing of we kept trying to hang out each time I was in Berlin. But, mm-hmm. um it just didn't it didn't work out but yeah she's great she's mm-hmm. yeah she was a huge kind of inspiration to me i just like i don't know discovered in my late teens and i just i went to a bunch of her shows like flew over to melbourne for the big day out and prince yeah. of wales hotel i think oh yeah i was properly obsessed there for a few years totally just- was okay. that was that caught um, the big day out where she did that shirts come off shirts come off and everyone took their shirts off and like put them in the air and swung them around that, that performance? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was. It was just she had this, this intense kind of cult leader vibe, but she always does it all of her shows. Oh, man. And then at the Prince of Wales show, she took off seven pairs of underwear and still had another pair <laughs> underneath. And everyone was sort of like, "Is she going to do it?" And you know, I love classic, it. It would have been like I don't know, oh four. 2004 yeah. maybe yeah, yeah 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 around there yeah no nah, good era i feel like seeing an artist like peaches in your own formative years because it was the same for me it can lead you down a wild road of musical discovery <laughs> or like it can really sort of ignite that like fuck yeah like i just want to be at these shows forever like i remember yeah. seeing her again just as a punter for the first time completely blew my mind and then seeing her like many years later, you know, that kind, you know, working in music, and I still remember having that same kind of like sh- just shattering, shaking experience. And like she, <laughs> she'd like make fucking like eye contact with you, and oh. it's just like she's just burned straight through Medusa your body. Medusa stare. Like, Ugh. 
Yeah. Oh, kill me. <laughs> yeah. Step on my throat and destroy me. Like, yeah. I'm here yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Yeah. I listened to a podcast with her recently and, you know, she wasn't even kind of going to get into music. Someone just happened to – I'll send you guys this podcast. Someone had to be recording this show she did. She just went through this big breakup. She had a bunch of songs she wanted to try out. And the sound guy happened to just hit record on a cassette. And then after he said, hey, here's, here's your show kind of thing. There was like 15 people there. Wow. And she went home and listened to it. And she was like, this is actually really fucking good. You know, yes. maybe, maybe I should pursue yeah. this. And then a few people heard the cassette. And then all of a sudden everyone was like, we need you to come and do exactly what you did then. So I think the recording of um, – not Father Fucker. It's – yeah, it's fuck it? the pain away. It's the, the live recording because you can hear someone go woo in the background. <laughs> yes. Yeah, from I her first that. ever show. Isn't that dope? That's, That's the, best, the best thing. And I think they tried to re-record, and I was like, no, nothing could capture recapture that. Recently, what's something that you've heard which has made you like send it to all your friends? I, I found this. Um, let me. I'm just going to my Spotify. If I'm disappearing, um, <laughs> I found two mystery Courtney's now. <laughs> I love it. All linked. All linked. <laughs> I mean, uh, now I'm looking, and there's so many things I love. But I've been loving this band called Audio Books. The artist is called. Susumu Yokota, Yokota, um, and the album, Japanese? yes, I believe so, and the album is called Sakura, and I just found it by accident, and I love it. Cool, <laughs> well, 1999. So, yeah, yeah it's it. so it's so beautiful, and it's just I've I've listened to it a lot, um, and I have sent it to a few friends, and um, yeah, and and again, it's just one of those things like you accidentally come across, and it just speaks to you. Mm. Yeah, I can see it here. I've for some reason caught. I've got one of the songs already downloaded, so somehow it's come to me Ooh. as well. So good there reminder. Go. Thanks, Cuzzy. Be- beautiful um, artwork as well on that. Right yeah, now. that artwork's yeah. beautiful. How, how did you sort of? Yeah, how did it drop from the sky? Any idea? I feel like it might have been a bit of an algorithm um, situation. I think maybe I'd been listening to like, I've been listening to a little bit of kind of ambient, instrumental, experimental stuff, mm-hmm. maybe like in the floating points um, oh, yeah. God damn. realm um, mm-hmm. and maybe some Arthur Russell and just some, maybe it just kind of found its way into my algorithm, which is kind of, can't complain with that. No, mm. definitely not. It's good to get some uh, positive press for algorithms as well. Very good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, um, Court, is there something in you, because you talk a bit more about ambient music and that sort of speaking to you, surely there's a little like a little side project that you would like to just, I can imagine, because you're a person who just has this wonderful space in all their music. Is there an ambient record hiding away and something you're tinkering away with on the side? Oh, I think for sure there'll be, I mean, hopefully, you know, there'll be, there's room for everything in my musical career. And I think like, Mm. you know, maybe not even a side project, just, I mean, it's just, I I just consider all all my music, you know, part of a bigger project, certainly not out of the, uh, out of, out of the realm of possibilities. I'd love to just, you know, make whatever music feels right in the moment for sure 
do sometimes words, I mean, writer's block is an interesting thing. Do sometimes words not come or do sometimes you go, I don't want to, I don't want to sing everything. Like Paul Simon in Graceland, he, when he explains, it, he's like, I was going to sing a bit here and just, I couldn't come up with anything. And he's like you, he's very sort of, you know, beautifully loquacious. Yeah, I, I think, um, I think as well, there's just a lesson for me in like leaving space. Maybe sometimes I used to feel like I needed to fill it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, with um, endless words. <laughs> good bloody um, words. <laughs> but they are good. But I don't, yeah, there's something in the kind of um, trying to lean into that simplicity, or um, yeah, the simplicity, or or the the kind of sparseness. I feel like we should uh, add in the question, the burning question that our other co-host. Marcus Teague has wanted to ask you for quite some time, that being, where did you get the shirt that you were wearing in the Jimmy Fallon performance? Do you <laughs> oh, remember? Great question. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's uh, I think there may be a Sydney brand. It's called Double Rainbow. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Marcus, don't say we don't ever do anything for you, <laughs> direct from the source. That Ray Street was shot at Bakehouse. We should give Bakehouse a real big shout-out for Helen and Quincy and all the fantastic work they've done. And, you know, they've been hemorrhaging money lately by having all these tours cancelled, etc. So tell us a bit about your connection with Bakehouse over the years, Court. Yeah, I, I was so happy that we could do it there. The day that we were filming at, like, you know, th- there were a few notices throughout the day that was like, lockdown might be announced today. And then we all watched mm. like the press conference thing on our phones in at, on like a break. I think we finished filming at six and mm-hmm. lockdown started at eight or something. Good so, God. How lucky. Um, Dang. Yeah. So it was, uh, I'm very grateful that we were able to, to do that. But Bakehouse, I, since I moved to Melbourne when I was 21-ish maybe and, um, and I guess just over the years, I've just kind of, I just think that they're so great. Helen and Quincy, mm. like Bakehouse as a whole, it's just such a beautiful, loving, supportive um, oh. universe, you know? Yeah. And like on the surface level, it's just a rehearsal studio, but it's, I don't know, it's a million more things than that. And I just think it's so nice. And even the process of, even my last album, I, I like rented a room for 10 days or something to write just to get out of my my house at the time and and that was really special like I just yeah I just think it's it's a really special um environment and we're lucky we're lucky to have them somehow always there for you isn't it yeah it's very nurturing um and an just incredibly great they read the room really well and they're just very good at just judging everything that's going on in everyone's orbit and knowing that's right that's wrong Come with us. This is the correct way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we can never take that for granted. Uh, last question. Um, my favorite song today. Okay, let's just do it. All three of us. What's your favorite song today? I'm going to name mine first. Mine is oh, the, the, the Fortet remix of this thing, Opus, which has a six-minute breakdown. My daughter, Romy, and I went running in like the bush this morning, which is only two k's away in Napier Park, and we're going running up and down and up and down to this crazy techno, <laughs> trance techno. And I was like, this is a playground. This is a fucking playground today. So that's that's my jam at the moment, my friends. What's your favorite song in the world ever today? Oh. It's okay. It's only for today. It's only for I today. I literally just had to look it up, what I've been listening to. Yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Frank Ocean's Blonde Record celebrated five years. I think it was at the end of last week. Um, so I've been going back 
into that record and I have been playing self-control off that blonde record on repeat the last few days. It's so beautiful and, I mean, there are many beautiful moments on that Frank Ocean album in terms of vulnerability and songwriting. I don't know, I've just rediscovered that one all over again and it's, yeah, it's heartbreaking but it's it's gorgeous in its production and mm. probably not healthy to be listening to on a loop. <laughs> Whatever works, whatever works. Whatever works, whatever works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've, um, I just right. pulled up my Spotify to look at the last song I added to my playlist, and um, it's a great one. Do uh, you know The Space Lady? No. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I discovered her years ago. Darren Hanlon brought her out on tour. Um, it was so cool seeing her live, and I bought her record. And, and then the other night I was watching for Miff um, – as part of MIF, the, um, what was it called? Uh, Sisters with Transistors, yes. the, the documentary. So good. Oh, it was so great. It was so inspiring. <laughs> I've, I've been waiting to watch that, and I'm so glad it was on for MIF. And one of the, like, closing credit songs was um, this song called Synthesize Me by Space Lady. Space it's Lady. Yeah. Oh, you'll love her. Unreal. So good. Friends, yeah. in the words of Molly Meldrum, do yourself a favor. Pop that yeah. on. <laughs> I'm going to be putting on the Frank Ocean and some Space Lady. And please pre-order, pre-save things, take time, take time, out Friday, 12th of November via Milk Records and Remote Control Records. You won't Very, regret it. Yeah, you won't regret it. Race Street's come out. And then uh, the second track as well, before you go to go, it's just it's, things are just rolling out really, really well for this record. I think, I mean, having listened to it, I think Sos and I agree that it's it's everything we want it to be. And they're yeah. so, so lucky to have received it. So. Yes. Especially at this particular time, yes, I feel yes, like it's, yes. it, it really does feel like it's a, it's a bomb, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah it was Avalanches it's last a, year and it's this, this year, I think, that um, it's really going to be the, uh, yeah. the set of footprints in the sand carrying us along. Yeah. Court. That is you. <laughs> that is you, kid. You are both so sweet. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Ain't no thing. All right, listeners, thank you for joining us today with CB Radio and the Sos, the Bows and Mikey Carl. <laughs> We've been hit different. Lovely to see you all. And uh, yeah, be really nice to each other. And uh, nice. cuddle soon. Thank you so much. Bye.